Hello, Grim people. I'm Christina. And I'm Amanda. And this is Grim Girls. Welcome back. Yeah. And we're uh, about to get Christina fired. I thought you were going to say crusty, and I was going to say, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> no, Christina fired. Yes, this is a Christina fired episode. <laughs> so fucking tired. I, I, I can't get that metal voice like like you got like that hardcore. I do? It sound, I mean it sounded a little rough. No. <laughs> Alright. I don't think I can get my voice that, that low. Damn. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna stop talking about that now. Woo. <sighs> We're well, just going right into it today. Yeah, apparently. Um, I think our heads are just in a really weird spot. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. It's, it's it's getting weird in here. Like, my eyelids are super heavy right now. My brain is. But I still have to drive home. I still have to put my brain into a case. That's true. But you're going to rock it. I this this case is the one I have been waiting for. for um, well, when we first discussed doing this podcast, yep. you said you were going to do this story. And, and I have been patiently waiting and you've been a little twat and didn't give me any updates on it so i know nothing i'm gonna find out at the same time do you even know do you even know i know the case okay but Uh, i I know there's two of them that i've been like holding secretly yeah so i know of this case but i have not looked into it oh so i don't i have literally pages and pages and pages to read of shit so it may or may not be a two-parter we will see we'll see how it goes it depends on how uh life treats us today yeah all right i'm gonna bring the mic closer to me because uh it's a lot it's a lot you guys are really about to just get overloaded with information so today we're gonna talk about the disappearance of sophia juarez Mm, you know off subject a little bit but child remains were just found they were not hers no they were not but it was heart-wrenching to see all the comments yeah wondering if it was her and yeah i mean it's sad that they were found yeah but um i'm glad it wasn't her because there's still hope for her there is and i cannot wait to tell you guys all about it it's fucking nuts so Let's go ahead and get started. Today we're going to discuss the most popular case from the Tri-Cities. This case has gotten national attention, and honestly, we need to do this episode because we still don't have answers to this case. My chair is so squeaky. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, So today, like I said, we're going to talk about Sophia Juarez. She went missing in February of 2003, literally a day before her fifth birthday, never to be seen again. Or has she? This case sucks so much, but we absolutely cannot forget about it. And we have to keep looking for her because there is a massive chance that she's still alive. So I, ho- I hope she is. Dude, you gave me goosebumps because you totally just threw a fucking <laughs> whirlwind at me. Like, is she like, do you know? Is there what do you know? Oh, I, I, I know. I can't wait to tell you what I know. Okay. I'm going to really take y'all for a ride, I think. So. Um, let's get into the details here. We're going to take it back to 2003 when most of us were thumping to 50 cents in the club and with our studded belts and airbrush t-shirts. Yeah, not me. I was, I was more of a spunky quotes and Avril Lavigne weirdo. Oh, I love Avril Lavigne. 
But I just, you know what? I had to take it back. Like, put you in the time. Yeah. You know? Just Oh, I remember the thump, thumping to, to 50 Cent, but... Yeah, I remember I that was, fucking song. I wasn't song. in, what'd you say, tie-dye or something? What'd you well, they, they had those airbrush t-shirts with, like... Oh, yeah. you, you know what I'm talking fair. about. Yeah. yeah, that was not me. But yeah. okay, those were popular. Yes, they were. So on February 4th, 2003, little four-year-old Sophia Juarez was at home with her mother and playing with some of her young uncles. Sophia's family was from Mexico, and she lived with a lot of family members. The members of her household included her mom, grandmother, her grandmother's boyfriend, and her six aunts and uncles. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a lot that, of people. That's that's a big family. So they lived off Fifteenth Avenue in East Kennewick. Do you know where that's at? Uh, no, I'm not the most familiar with Kennewick. I only know because I drive past that all the fucking time because my mom lives out in Finley, oh. so I go that way, and I also go that Does way for other things. Does the family still live there? I don't think so. Oh. Um, but it's crazy driving through there now, like knowing that's where she lived because I'll Did drive she through. Get kidnapped from her house. We don't know. I'll tell you. So this night, she was playing with her uncles and her grandmother's boyfriend was getting ready to go to a nearby convenience store and asked the children if they wanted to go with him. Now, this convenience store, I don't know what it was back then, maybe, but um, this convenience store is Ron's Food Mart. It's on the corner of Washington Street and 19th Avenue. Mm. And it's got that... um, was it a railroad coffee shop across the street from it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to get so lost because I have so much information. So, anyways, all the other kids didn't want to go, but Sophia, at the last minute, decided she did. Now, the boyfriend of the grandmother wasn't aware she changed her mind, and he ended up leaving the house without her. So around this time, Sophia asked her mother for a dollar to go spend at the store, and then her mother watched Sophia walk out the door to meet up with her grandmother's boyfriend. When Sophia left the house, she was wearing a red long sleeve shirt, blue overalls, violet socks, white Converse sneakers, and gold hoop earrings. The temperature outside was 36 degrees Fahrenheit, and Sophia left the house without a coat. Ugh. Yeah, it's so it was fucking cold. It is cold, and they were they were already gone. Yeah, and she went to go to the store by herself. Yeah, it's is this touchscreen? No. Okay, just checking. Um. So, the grandmother's boyfriend arrived at the store. He purchased milk, and he made a call at a payphone to relatives in Mexico before returning home. Once he got home, everyone realized Sophia wasn't with him. And there was a miscommunication, so they went out to go look for her. Now, the mother called the police quickly, and they arrived within three minutes. Wow, that's good. Yeah. So they began to search around the area of the house, and they were really trying to hurry up and find her because it was night. It was cold. This was like around 9, 10 o'clock at night. Oh, and the temperature's going to start dropping. Yeah. So they thought she was just lost and... They thought maybe she was lost and cold and afraid at first. So they were searching the neighborhood properties, playgrounds, parks, schools, because there is a school over there, businesses, fields, and vacant lots. The search radius was expanded to three miles radius around Sophia's neighborhood. Mm. It was quickly ruled out that Sophia was missing as a result of injury or becoming lost. Her case was immediately treated as a likely child abduction. 
Within an hour, publicity of Sophia's disappearance was broadcast by media. Dozens of private citizens responded that night to assist in the search for Sophia. There were citizens teamed with police officers to create multiple search teams. Um, They were all over the place looking. They had night vision, thermal imaging. They were searching dumpsters and residential garbage cans. They looked literally everywhere. Everywhere. Over the three days after her disappearance, hundreds of citizen volunteers aided the police in the search. I remember this hitting the news, and it was huge. Um, So within an hour of the reporting of her disappearance, the FBI was called in and arrived to conduct a joint abducted child investigation with the Kennewick uh, Police Department. And within hours, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children was notified and a case manager was assigned. Now, this is huge because this was Washington State's first Amber Alert. And it was issued and in effect for 36 hours Sophia was entered into the Washington State and National Crime Information Center database as a missing endangered person. How crazy is that? That was the first Amber Alert in Washington State. I did not even, I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. That blew my mind when I saw that. And I was like, holy shit. (sighs) Man, when you were talking about everybody who got involved, it it reminds me of, you know, I still to this day see semi-trucks with that sweet little girl's face on it. Yeah, it's, oh, it's a big one. It's a big one. So, um, let's see. By the next morning after Sophia's disappearance, an incident management team was established to assist with oversight and support for search operations. Over the next three days, over 500 police officers, FBI agents, dive and rescue members, incident management team personnel, and civilian volunteer members became involved in the search for Sophia. They had fixed-wing aircraft and helicopters equipped with special thermal imaging devices. They searched waterways, neighborhoods, remote areas. Sheriff patrol boats and Coast Guard searched the nearby rivers. City crews searched sewer systems. They literally searched... Every fucking place in the Tri-Cities for this girl. Wow. They had the flyers distributed to schools and businesses looking for information on Sophia. The Fraternal Order of Police offered a $5,000 reward for information on Sophia. And Crime Stoppers also offered a $1,000 reward. And nothing. Nothing. This, it's, it's crazy. Somebody in this area know something or maybe they're not in this area anymore but at some time during this incident somebody knows something yep it's it's fucked it's so fucked i really wish that it was she got scared and she hid somewhere warm and then she was found that's not what happened though unfortunately so family members friends sophia's biological father and others were located and investigated and over a hundred 50 sex offenders living in Kennewick or outside the immediate area were Wait either researched. Minute. How what? many? Over 150. Sex offenders living in the area? There's a lot of... Yeah. I wouldn't even... I would not... I do not want to know how many there are. Yeah. They were either researched, contacted, or investigated for possible links to Sophia. Well, I'm glad they looked. Oh, yeah. They really were thorough. Mm-hmm. They did it. I think they truly did everything they could. 
So over 144 out of area reported sightings of Sophia were investigated. Um, Pen registration traps and traces were placed on telephones. Telephone records were obtained. Um, They were really just pulling everything. Multiple residences um, and vehicles were searched. Persons of interest were identified and investigated, but nothing came out of any of those investigations. Wow. That's just a hard one to, to even process. It's a, it's a huge information dump, too. It is. So, but there's so much to this, and we have nothing. Yeah. Or do we? More- <laughs> Why? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> okay, shut up and tell me more. All right. So police searched three residences in Kennewick and Burbank with police dogs. The Burbank home belonged to the mother of a murderer, Jeremy Vargas Sagastui. And holy fuck. Did you say that name right? I did because ah, I have to give it away. This murderer is my next case. Oh, is it really? Yes. <gasps> it's my next case. It I've just... never even heard of that name. Yeah. Sag- How do you yeah. say it? I'm not saying it again because I don't want it to be too... I don't want people looking it up before I can tell them about it because it's fucked and... Do, oh. do not look it up. Right don't now. look that up. But I should have just left it out and just like... But I ha- it just blew my fucking mind. What Sorry, that was me. You're dropping my child's headphones. Well, they're in my way. <laughs> hey, is this your USB that you were looking for? No. Oh. That goes to my gaming headset. Oh, <laughs> Anyways, like this is this is this so blew my fucking mind. I didn't even tell Stefan this because me and so did you not realize at first that it tied? It- not at first until I read it. I was like, <gasps> no. Oh. I had no idea. So I I started the case and I had no idea there was a fucking connection. Okay, well I will not. It's, I will try not to look it up. It's crazy. So this Burbank home that they searched belonged to the mother. Mother. <laughs> mother of this murder and this mother is a you know what fuck her because i'll tell you of jeremy the mother of jeremy yes okay fuck her i'll tell you about her in my next episode so good thing they searched that home because she's a fucking bitch anyways um she objected go fucking figure to the police searching her home and claimed the detectives were attempting to pressure her and her sons into admitting an attack on juarez bitch for i'm just gonna say it I think it's a huge possibility that there was involvement from there. Okay, so that right there just totally threw a red flag. If you're not guilty, if the cops come knocking on my door and I knew I didn't do nothing. She's also kind of a bitch, but... Well, she kind of sounds more like a cunt. She uh, defended her son for what he did, and what he did was very unforgivable. Okay, so... Um, yeah. we're going to talk about her son in our next episode, though, so I can't wait to well, share now it. More you guys will get that episode next Monday. So, anyways, a fourth home was searched three days later after the man who lived there made a suspicious comment about the disappearance in a sexually explicit phone call to a stranger. Police later determined he had no connection to the case, but they did charge him with telephone harassment. Oh, well... At least they did something. Yeah, so that's... Oh, that just... That was wild. Yeah. (laughs) So, a candlelit vigil in March was held for Sophia on February 11th of 2003. This was one week after her disappearance. The vigil began at the Juarez home and saw about 300 people march from the house to St. Joseph's Church. By the third week of the search for Sophia, the Juarez family had removed the public memorial established outside their home. 
So it kind of is sad. That's, that's hard because it, it, I, as a mom, and if something happened to my kids, and you don't, the unknowing, having that memorial. I get it. I, 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 I get, get it. it. Yeah. Whew, so this is, I'm trying to blow through this so we can get it done in one episode. So I'm sorry if I rush you guys, but there's so much information yeah, on but, this and case. If you have any qu- questions or comments regarding this case when it's posted feel free to comment we can give more details yeah. at that time you shouldn't though because i'm literally giving you everything that exists <laughs> yeah just put this in slow i i can't say it slow because there's just so much and i talk fast so i'm sorry it's okay keep going though because i'm, I'm super I, i'm into it okay so on march 1st 2003 nascar racer damon lusk a graduate of kennewick's kamayakan high school participated in the bush series race with a 20 by 50 inch photo of juarez emblazoned is that how you say that emblazoned uh i don't know but it's a huge fucking picture of her on his car's trunk okay (laughs) lusk and tommy baldwin racing had announced that they would donate the space 17 days into the search for juarez forfeiting sponsorship revenue in the hopes that it would raise awareness to their case like some fucking amazing individuals like right there like you gave up a sponsorship to help a local case to your hometown yeah they and just so you know the the sponsorship spaces he gave up a lot oh yeah for this sweet little girl and and high high five to you like huge kudos you are such a genuine person Mm -hmm. so juarez's case was featured on america's most wanted less than three weeks after she vanished i remember this episode i watched that episode i watched yes um the initial broadcast generated 13 phone tips from as far as new york she was also featured on subsequent episodes in september of 2003 and march of 2004 so they did not forget about her case they kept talking about it Mm -hmm. um Juarez has been featured in two campaigns to raise the public profile of missing persons in Washington using semi-trailer trucks as mobile billboards, like you said. Mm-hmm. The first was carried out with the company Gordon Trucking, um, the Homeward Bound Awareness Campaign, and a collaborative effort between Washington State Patrol, Missing, and Unindi- eh, I'm losing my voice, Unidentified Persons Unit, and Camway Transportation unveiled trucks bearing Juarez's likeness on February 4th of 2021. So they were um, posting her original missing photo and the age-generated oh, yes. photo, yeah. So the trucks showcase details of cases such as Juarez's as they traveled through the Pacific Northwest and beyond. In her Homeward Bound posters, a photo of Juarez at age four appears next to an age-progressed photo of how she may have looked at age 17. Her missing poster has been exhibited in Times Square in New York City and at the annual Ben Franklin Fair and Rodeo in Kennewick. I do remember seeing it there. Yeah. I did not know that it was in New York, though. That's yeah. I didn't either. That was kind of cool to know. But yeah. they, like, they want, we want her. Yeah. We want to find her. So it's. Alive and safe. It was our first Amber Alert. Like, this is huge. They yeah. need to find her. Um. All right. So. What a, ha- what a happy ending that would be to such a horrific. I, and it's still a possibility. Okay, keep going. All right, this case is just so crazy. I keep interrupting you, and I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm dumping so much information, they probably need a break from my voice. <laughs> In 
March of 2021, the Kennewick Police Department created a website devoted solely to Sophia's disappearance. We will post this website. I'm not going to say it because it's long, but we will post the website on our Facebook page once our episode goes up. Um, it describes how Sophia's disappearance impacted the community, adding that Sophia was a beacon of sunshine who had a bright and innocent life stolen from her, which is true. Her family, friends, and community have lived under a dark cloud since she was taken from us. Sophia was and still is loved by all who knew her. Yeah. Um, even those that didn't know her. So we're going to get a little bit more into our leads and theories now. Um... The person, am I in the right spot? Yeah. The, uh, so whoever took Sophia from her family likely discussed their involvement or knowledge of Sophia with others. There's no way they didn't. At the time of Sophia's disappearance, the abductor or abductors may have had a reason to be in the area of East 15th Avenue and South Washington Street immediately following her disappearance. The involved person's unusual behavior may have changed, such as missed appointments, difficulty sleeping, or changes in alcohol or drug consumptions, relationship changes, allegiances once owed no longer exist. If you know something, it is okay to say something. Too much time has passed. If you have any information about the person or persons who took Sophia from our community, no matter how insignificant you may think it is, now is the time to contact us at this website that we're going to um, post. It has a tip page where anonymous information can be left on the website. Keyword, anonymous. Anonymous. Not how Amanda said it that one time. <laughs> hey, did that one actually get aired? I think so. <laughs> So in June of 2021, police released a suspect description on the person and vehicle they believe was involved in Sophia's abduction. A highly credible witness observed a Hispanic juvenile male estimated to be 11 to 14 years old at the time. As of 2021, he would be believed to about to be about 29 to 32 years of age. So our age. Great. One of the suspects? Yeah. Um, light complexioned about five to five, two at the time. Um, he was, uh, he had a chubby appearance based primarily upon facial features, having a baby face with possible mark on cheek, dark, short, wavy hair, possible big hands for a person his age. That's a weird feature. <laughs> the suspect encountered Sophia and led her towards a van as she cried and he laughed. The van was a light-colored, um, older 1970s to early 1980s type full-size panel van with no side windows. The vehicle was occupied and stopped in the roadway at the next side street. Police believe the van and the suspect are likely associated. A Kennewick couple has very generously offered $10,000 reward for information leading to the discovery of Sophia's whereabouts. Wow. That's all information you can find on that site because that's where I got my information from. And like I said, we're going to post it. Why does it have to be a van? This it's right always here a fucking is why van. I'm fucking terrified of vans. It's always a fucking van. So let's get into some theories. Um, police believe Sophia attempted to follow her grandmother's boyfriend to the store after realizing he had left without her, like we said. Although it was located only a few blocks from the home, and it is, it like 15th and Ron's Food Mart, it's... A couple blocks. But to a five-year-old. To a five-year-old is pretty far, yeah. yeah. Sophia never arrived at that store. Video surveillance taken from the store confirmed um, 
I'm not going to say his name, but the grandmother's boyfriend, um, his version of events that they, he told the truth. Okay. Um, Kennewick police chief, um, told the media in 2003, everyone and no one is a person of interest. In a 2011 interview, a police detective said that he believed Juarez was still alive. My gut is that she's alive. If she is deceased, we would have found her remains, which, yeah, I feel like that would have happened with the way we searched for her. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2013, Sergeant, yeah, I'm not going to say his name, but take it back. Um, so another officer told the media, we don't have any evidence that she's still alive. We don't have any evidence that she's not alive. We don't know where she is. We don't know what happened. We don't know shit, basically. So there were some various leads in the case, too. Um, Pieces of a skull were discovered by a farmer in a field south of Ritzville on August 12, 2006. I remember this. After a fire destroyed a patch of uh, waist-high weeds, which obscured the bones. The field previously was searched in 2003, right after she disappeared, and again in 2004, following the disappearance of 11-year-old Cody Haynes. The remains were sent to King County Medical Examiner's Office to be DNA tested, but the results were inconclusive. In 2007, radiocarbon dating revealed the school fragments were at least 600 years old, and they couldn't have belonged to Juarez or Haynes. Wow. But that's a pretty old skeleton or school, 600 years old. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I'm, I'm actually really interested in that. Now I want to know that. about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in 2011, there was a police detective who was, at the time, the lead investigator on the case, and he told the media he was working with the Long Beach Police Department to investigate a tip which suggested a teenager named Sophia Juarez of similar age was found on Facebook living in Long Beach, California. It was ultimately, ultimately found that this was not the same girl as Sophia. Aww. So, it's so annoying because then you get a lead and it's like, yes, maybe we got her and then it's not. Yeah, like a, a sliver of hope and then it's just taken away from you. Yeah, so since Sophia's disappearance, over 225 leads have been provided to the police about illicit drug users in a vehicle having accidentally hit Sophia with a vehicle, transporting her from the scene to a remote location where she was killed and buried. Various names and vehicle descriptions have been provided and police continue to investigate all leads. So there's so many, so many leads in this case, but that, um, I know the one I told you that's on the website about the van, that is the most recent lead we have. The van is the most recent? Yeah, these are just various leads that have happened. So, there's another theory that she was abducted by family. Yeah, so Juarez's father, who never had a relationship with Sophia, was cooperative with investigators. He was ruled out as a suspect within 48 hours of her disappearance, providing a verifiable alibi to the police. Um... So it wasn't her dad. Um, hey, I think we might make it through this. <laughs> we only got a couple pages left. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, can you hold that for a minute? I'm just talk. We're going to talk about this while I type something real fast. So how are you guys feeling with all of that? Oh, that God. was. All right. That's, that's a lot. Listen okay. You don't want to listen to her. <laughs> you don't want to listen to me. You want to know about the. 
Keep telling us about Sophia. Um, yeah, eight two five one zero. Okay, sorry, I'm trying to pinpoint that spot in case I decide to cut it. I had to pull up my um, recording because we I've been recording so long that I didn't get to see my screen and I wanted to check on it. So let's continue. Um, so another theory was she was abducted by strangers. Sophia's mother, um, Maria Juarez, claimed after the disappearance that her daughter was shy and wouldn't have gone with any stranger willingly. Maria Juarez believed that Sophia would only have gone away willingly with somebody she was familiar with. Investigators have looked into the possibility that Sophia was abducted by a stranger and murdered or may remain alive but held against her will. And... I I feel like it's always the case that it's somebody you know. Yeah, it is. But this is a huge possibility that it wasn't with this particular case because there's so many variables, I feel like. Mm -hmm. There's so many unknown things that nothing is solid. Exactly. They're... Oh. So, things are going to be a little sad. Um... In late 2007 or early 2008, Maria Juarez moved to California. In mid-2008, she gave birth to another child. But Maria Juarez, Sophia's mother, died in Sacramento on January 10th, 2009 from medical complications. Sophia's mom's not even here? No, she passed away. Oh. And I, I knew that before I did this because I, I do remember hearing about it. She passed away nearly six years after her daughter's disappearance. She was cremated, and on January 16th, her funeral procession carried her ashes from the corner of East 15th Avenue and Washington Street to the St. Josephine's Church. Like her dolly did. The, the same memorial. route followed by the February 2003 candlelit vigil for her daughter. In statements to the media after her death, Maria's family stated she had never given up hope that Sophia would eventually be found. That, like, really tugs was, at the heart. Yeah, like, I know. It's... Just as sad as her being It's so missing. sad. But now we're going to get into what everyone's talking about. Okay, is it a lighter mood? Because I'm feeling a little depressed right now. I am hoping this will lighten you up. So, now, last year... Something crazy happened, and it may be a huge lead in this case, but it may be nothing. So this really gave hope to everyone trying to bring Sophia home. We're going to talk about the TikTok video now. Oh, okay. I've heard about this TikTok yeah. video. I have not seen it. We're going to talk about TikTok. So a video on TikTok blew up last year over her disappearance. So... Let's, let me tell you what happened. In a video shot in Calicon, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Sinola, Calicon, Sinola, this was in Mexico, I believe, in March, a TikTok personality interviewed a woman in Spanish. When he asked her about her age, she said she was 22 and went on to say she hates birthdays. The woman then said that she'd like to speak to her family because some people have said she had been kidnapped and she doesn't know where she's from. What? Users of the social media app on TikTok contacted Kennewick police after seeing a video featuring a young woman in Mexico that they said matched the appropriate age and possibly the aged, the aged appearance of what she would look like. Oh, 
do you have this said TikTok video? Because now I need. I to can it. pull it up easily. Uh, I've I've watched this video over and over and over, comparing her features, and I'm no fucking expert, but it she definitely looks like she could be Sophia. Um. Okay. Tell me more. Okay. So Kennewick Police said in a statement, "We're aware of the TikTok video, and there is an investigation being conducted into that." Um, thank you for those who sent information on the video to us. It's appreciated. Um, so the police are looking into it. Good. So, yeah, it's, I don't know where I, what I was doing here, but we're talking about TikTok, right? Yeah. Um, I think I have repeat information. Um, so the TikTok personality wanted to be anonymous for some reason. I don't understand why. Cause this the girl that was talking? No, the guy who interviewed oh, the her. Yeah, his face is on there, so I'm not sure how the fuck you're anonymous, but okay. Um, but they have been working with that TikTok guy that interviewed her, trying to find her. Mm-hmm. So, um, shoot. Some people um, have been claiming to be the woman's family and contacted the TikToker, TikToker saying she isn't Juarez and telling him to stop publicizing the video. And he said that he finds these calls suspicious because when Kennewick investigators tried to follow up, they were unable to reach any of those callers. Mm. Yeah. There were some very obvious similarities is what um, one of the investigators said about the TikTok woman. And missing girl. Um, they said that they hope to ask the woman to do a DNA test to compare Juarez's DNA on file, which would be fucking awesome. Oh, but, gosh, yes. So they have DNA of Sophia? Yes. Okay. So, like we said, her mother died in 2009, but the investigators are in close contact with the rest of her family still. So, um, Sophia was... Just, like they said, a beacon of sunshine. She did not deserve to be taken away from her family and her life. And she was so young. If, she if was, that was young. her in that video. And she... I mean, five years old, you can be coerced a story and not know any different. Yeah. Um, I will see if I can find a link to post on our page for the TikTok video. It is very interesting, though. I want to see it before I leave your house. So you're, I'll sh- I'm yeah, gonna sh- I'll pull I it up. It. So it's, yeah, that's really all there is to say about the TikTok video. He just asked her questions, and a lot of it kind of lined up with Sophia Juarez. That's so great, though, that her, she's still being talked about. That somebody recognized that and was like, hey, that could be Sophia. And I really, you know, I would really like for us doing this podcast to help blow it up even more. Let's find her. Let's blow this shit up. We need to find Uh, her. Kennewick, Kennewick, please, if you could uh, do what you need to do to get people moving a little bit faster to get some DNA, that would be great. Take a trip to Mexico. Yeah, I'll go for you if you want. They have gone down to Mexico trying to find her and they cannot find her anywhere. Oh, oh. Yeah. Is that a red flag? I don't know. Did family, did whoever took her in the first place, did they, mm, oh gosh. Yes. So there are tons of videos about this case on TikTok, like multiple people covering it. Mm -hmm. Um, But to this day, we still don't know for sure what happened to her or where she could be. Everyone listening, just look back. If you were in the area around that time, if you've seen anything strange, please come forward. 
there is no information that is not valuable. Exactly. Um, we need a happy ending to this case. Sophia would be 24 years old now. I really want this case to come to a happy close. If it is her in that video, that finding her and bringing her home, like, would just... Her her poor mother's soul will probably rest so much easier. Yeah. So there is so much information about this case. And I'm sure I didn't cover every single detail. I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff. I think I got the important stuff out, though. Yeah. But that's I, all we know. All that right there, that's all we know. I learned a lot of new things about this case in... Wow, I had I had heard about the TikTok video but never seen it and didn't know that so many people were like, No. Yeah. This and I the an investigation even happened. I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's great. I, I'm still my mind is still reeling from the fact that both of my cases connected. <laughs> that is a little mind blowing and so I'm Holy shit, I managed this in thirty six minutes. I must have been talking so fast. You were, but it was like... Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. It, it, it worked out good because then there wasn't a whole bunch of pauses in between because... Yeah, you don't have to listen to our bullshit rants. <laughs> yeah, sorry. My Amanda show is a little... I got all to the, the place. point on this one because I wanted to get it done and over with, to be honest. Yeah. Because I've been working on it for so long and I'm ready to move on to my next two cases. And um, I was going to do a different case next, but I think I'm going to do the one that connects next instead because that other one is... That one, I don't want to talk about that one. Yeah. <laughs> that one's got a whole a whole list of shit. But just to warn you, though, that case that we are covering next, the one that I do, the next one you hear from me, Amanda's doing the next episode and then me, um, that one will be very, very, very dark. There will be a lot of trigger warnings I think there's a lot on yours too. Okay, with with that being said, the next few will be very the the one I have is very dark. We're gonna have to lighten it up after this. I had next I had two. I had a nightmare. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I had a nightmare two nights in a row after researching and typing out this next story. Really? Yeah. Well, like I'm it excited. definitely got under my skin. It just it when you when you research this, it's just. To see how incredibly disgusting and you have to take your mind there while you're researching. You have to put your mind in the case, and it fucks with you. But you know that's just what we do as researchers, and we gotta suck it up, do the research, and tell the stories. Yeah, because these stories need to be told. Exactly, and And I'm really fucking fucked up, and I just am obsessed with telling these stories and reading about them and watching documentaries oh my god oh me too i gotta tell you guys about a documentary that you all need to watch okay i actually paid for a stars subscription oh i have stars what is it so it's god fuck now i which speaking of subscriptions, it's about you kendrick, kendrick johnson kendrick johnson the kid that they found rolled up in a wrestling mat a few years ago you don't remember that i don't know um so the documentary is called finding kendrick johnson and you have to watch this documentary. I considered covering the case myself um, because it just, it really got to me. And it was because I was listening to another podcast, Morbid Podcast. I'm going to shout them out because it's like literally my favorite podcast and the only true crime podcast. Uh, other than our own. Okay. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> they, well, th- their podcast really inspired me to actually mm-hmm. put my foot down and do this. Because I've been thinking about it even before I started listening to Morbid. 
Is this the one that you made me? Download? Yeah. Did you listen to it? Did you yeah. actually listen to it? I listened to a few. Bitch. <laughs> I have not had time. It does not take time to put some headphones in and do dishes. I don't do dishes. My daughter does. <laughs> Tell her to come do mine. <laughs> Shit. That's the, only, that's the only chore she's allowed that she's forced to do. Mm-hmm. She's not forced. Well, anyways, me. this documentary, you got to watch it. I I even encourage you to listen to Morbid's episode on it. This doc- I'm going to listen to it tonight. Do it. This case is so crazy, and it messed with me, and my head was so into that case that I, like, fell off my cases I'm working on. Ooh. But it's so crazy. But, no, you guys, listen to that. I'm going to shout them out because they covered it really well in that documentary. I will warn you, you will see a picture of the body. In the documentary, if you watch it, oh, okay. but it needs to be. Seen. I, I had to see pictures of bodies. I've seen it in a few documentaries, but you it that that documentary that case is so important because it is about racism, mm. and it there's an FBI cover up. It's a whole fucking whirlwind of shit. So <sighs> there's your uh, daily dose of Christina's n- dark shit. <laughs> be prepared. Throw some sage around. It's going to get dark the next yeah. few episodes, but... We're going to get real dark. Yeah, but we will we will lighten it up. Eventually. After. Yeah. We'll try to find... I think um, maybe the episode I do with Stefan will be our palate cleanser. Oh, maybe, yeah. Because I have something in mind I want to cover, but I can't really find anything too, like, crazy. Like, I'm trying to find something wild, but every time I find something wild, I tell him about it, so I can't find anything that he doesn't already know. You know, something that I was just thinking about... Um, we should do like a live podcast. Yeah, yeah. I think we need more followers first. When we so maybe that'll be like when we reach a certain amount of followers, do like yeah. a live one, and and hopefully it doesn't happen too soon because I would be fucking petrified as shit. Oh yeah. Oh I. It's I don't already do nerve wracking doing this. Yeah, I don't do good <laughs> like with a microphone and people watching me. I woo. I literally will cry. I've done it. Yeah, but <laughs> I really want to go to like. A spooky place and do I mean even if a short little live I think that would be fun we could play with the Ouija board live I'm not <laughs> mom don't listen to that okay I'm not playing the Ouija board yes she is <laughs> she doesn't know it but I put one in her purse <gasps> just kidding but I'll just no yes <laughs> maybe I have some stuff I could stick don't be bringing purse. that bad shit to my house I don't need that negative juju it's just a demon. You'll be okay. Oh, okay. Anyways, we are rambling on again. Um, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that you really got the information I told, um, and I didn't just barrel through it like ridiculously fast. Oh, I felt fast. it. Okay. I felt it. If you listeners didn't, then you need to pause, rewind, and re-listen. <laughs> Well, that was a lot, and I'm so glad it's over with, but I'm I glad it's done. I can't wait to see if there's an update, uh, uh, hopefully a positive update. I don't know if we're going to get one anytime soon. This case, I mean, it's fucking 2022 now. I know. It's 2022, right? Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh, I had to think for a second when <laughs> you told like, me shit, that. what year is it? But, like, yeah, I mean, this case, this was in 2003. Like. That's so crazy. I would love for us to have closure to this, but. 
I don't know. I don't know if we ever will, honestly, but I really hope we do. And we can't forget about Sophia. We can't forget about her case. We can't forget about where we were at that time in 2003 and if we saw anything or if we know the people or have any suspicions even. Mm -hmm. Say something and be anonymous. We will post the website where you can anonymously give tips or contact Kennewick Police Department. Absolutely. And by we, I mean you because I don't want to post anything. (laughs) fine i'll do it all right well thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast i hope you enjoy this episode please keep listening we have some really good cases coming they're very 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 dark very very fucked up but they will uh definitely perk your ears a little they might even make your ears shrivel up but yeah probably i know mine's dark mine is too and mine has and the I don't know anything about yours. <laughs> mine has the connection to Sophia Juarez's case, kind of. And now that I'm, I'm like really thinking about it, because it didn't hit me until just now, honestly, how deep that goes and the connection there, like what it could have been. Mm-hmm. Like if someone abducted her, it. I, I can't even talk about it yet. I got to talk about it in my case and not this one. <sighs> we'll talk about it on that on that episode. But yes. oh my god, I cannot believe my case is connected, and I didn't even plan it. That's so bizarre. See, it was fate for you to do this one. I guess so. To do both of them. Yeah. That is, it's crazy. I'm gonna tell you how crazy it is in, our, in that episode too, because there's so much more crazy to it to why I did that episode. Mm-hmm. So. Anyways, we're going to end here. We really hope you keep listening. I said it already 50 times, but keep fucking listening. Fucking A. Why did you have to I forget. I talk with my hands a lot. I am so editing that out. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, shit. All right. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you in our next episode next week. Yes. Get ready to grim with us. Monday by the latest. Preferably Sunday nights, but we're busy humans. Yeah. You'll get it when you get it. Yeah. So just take that. (laughs) Get your episodes whenever you get your damn episodes. Okay. Love you. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.